Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. This is Trevor Jensen, and with me as always is... Riley Clark. And this is episode 106. And... <laughs> Woo! Woo! We celebrate, boys and girls. It's one more time. We've got another milestone that we have achieved. And it's all thanks to wonderful people, the night crew, the people that just listen because they want to listen. And we have achieved our 10,000 download mark. Whoop! Yes, we couldn't thank you enough for helping us reach 10,000 downloads. And if you haven't already, make sure you give us a follow, a like, a share, whatever you can do. Comment, share it with a friend, do something because 10,000 is just not enough. No, maybe we'll hit 20,000 before the end of the year and then I'll give away a house. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, people. There's your incentive. But giving away stuff is kind of what we plan to do at 10,000. And so, we did it. We're doing we it. We have found a winner for our glow in the dark limited edition voodoo <laughs> doll t-shirt <laughs> and the winner is Melanie Campos. Oh, one more time. <laughs> you guys celebrate. All right. One more time, you got to celebrate. Congratulations, Melanie. We will be getting in contact with you about your T-shirt, and Paige will be making it very, very soon. I know you're hitting the boot scootin' boogie, because boy, oh boy, I'd be hitting the boot scootin' boogie. It's a freaking dope shirt. That do be dope. Maybe one day we'll offer them at a more higher volume. (laughs) But as of right now, we can only offer you the one. Because they are limited quantities. Yes. It's special. It's being yeah, it's special. Ma- handmade by a very loyal listener, friend. She's actually been on the, the podcast pod. before. Yeah. Fam of the pod is what we'll call her. But we have a special, a very special episode for you guys today. Since we just really enjoy reading these episodes, you know, reading stories for the episodes is what I meant to say, honestly. We have a great one for you guys. This one. Sounds dope. I haven't read it yet, <laughs> so we're yes. going to go ahead and fumble our way through it. But, as of course, we'll be trying to see if it goes bump or not. Because that's the name of the game. That's the good? name Is of the game. It, I think it's going to be good. So. I think it's going to be good. No Sleep rarely ever lets us down with these. Only once have it ever failed to be, like, good. Yes. One time. And per usual, we did not read ahead. We've read maybe the first page to decipher how we're going to read it. And we'll be learning and sharing with the story. Fumbling our way through it together. This cat absolutely loves this table today. He's being crazy. But without further ado, let's just jump right on into this story. Okay. He's speaking. Don't Speak to the Wandering Man by Mr. Phronetic. Weird name. Big Flex. Big Flex. All right. The final walkthrough had been going great until it was set. We were standing by the barn, away from the realtors. My husband and I, along with the couple, 
were purchasing the property from, Ralph and Marie. I know how it sounds. You think I have a screw loose until you see him yourself. The old man smiled awkwardly. Just don't speak to the wandering man. It sounds alarming, but he never gave us any trouble. Ralph looked at his wife and she nodded quickly. Never any trouble, and we've been seeing him less and less, Marie said. When was the last time we even saw him, honey? Oh, Ralph pawed his beard. I'd say three and a half years now, and it's been another two before that. I was a little disturbed, but I could tell my husband Howard was getting annoyed. What are you talking about? Some kind of trespasser? He said, frowning. Look, we're giving you a good deal on this place because it wouldn't feel right making a fortune selling it with these circumstances. You're safe here, and that's what matters. But there's a man that wanders these woods. Ralph stared at us grievedly. And he has for some hundred years. Howard sighed obnoxiously and stared at the husband and wife, each in turn with disappointment. Anything else we should know about? Ghosts in the attic? Blood from the walls? The couple looked at each other, embarrassed. I know it's hard to believe when we're talking like this, but we're normal folks. We're just giving you a heads up. I'll tell you that. Forget this conversation until you see him. I'm a little sorry I said nothing. I just wanted to save you from a fright. Will do! Howard looked at me, didn't care to hide his growing disdain. The thing was, I liked Ralph. When we drove all the way from Boston to remote Maine to tour the property, Ralph actually looked at me as he described where he felled his trees for firewood, explained how the hydraulic log splitter worked. Most of the men who owned the properties we had toured only spoke to my husband when it came to anything related to farm work. I was the ghost. Howard and I finally reached the end of a brutal buying process to purchase our homestead in northern New England, and I could see why Howard was angry. There was no such things as ghosts to him. Now our brand new home had some trespasser he'd be worried about. Come on, Jody, said Howard. He was already walking back to the house. I watched him over my shoulder, but stayed still. I supposed I was more prone to believe in the supernatural. Ralph took off his ball cap and rubbed his bald spot. I'm sorry. We didn't really know how to tell you this. We even thought about rehearsing. He laughed uncomfortably. But I'm deadly serious. He sighed, as if sick of coming across as a madman. When you see him, don't speak to him. You can say hello, he won't respond to that. But if you say anything else... Ralph started to fearfully into the distance as if looking upon the past. Well, don't. Just ignore him, and he'll be sure... And be sure to tell him, too. Ralph pointed past me to my husband's back. I nodded. Their sincerely, sincerity made me want to believe them. They seemed like regular people who understood they were coming across as crazy and were ashamed of it. Thank you two, really. I shook their hands, and they both smiled, relieved to be treated normally. I almost thought we were never going to find a place. Well, well, I don't think we could have found a lovelier couple to sell it to. Across the lawn from the barn, we could see the lake. It was autumn then, and the three of us were 
quiet as we watched a breeze send a brigade of birch leaves spinning into the cold water. Ralph closed his eyes and took a deep breath. And welcome. He extended his extended his arms. Welcome to heaven on earth. We settled in fast. I had a marketing job that was fully remote. Howard's job was hybrid. Every week or so, he would have to commute to Bangor to catch a connecting flight at Boston Logan, where he'd be burned to some project and around the country. He worked in engineering consultancy, and, well, I liked my job. He loved his. He said he didn't mind the extra commute, and I didn't mind being left alone in a house where the nearest neighbor was a mile away. Getting fast enough internet to work from the woods was the biggest hurdle, but after shelling out $200 a month for satellite, we seemed set. I suppose we weren't your average couple who moved from the city to the middle of nowhere, but it made sense. We loved nature and self-sufficiency, and didn't utilize the amenities of the city. Neither of us had friends that we saw often anymore, and when it came to family, the further away they were, the better. (laughs) Maybe there were signs I hadn't seen before, but it was a month after we'd moved in that I first noticed something was off. It was late, 11 p.m. or so. I sat alone by the bonfire on the lakeshore, Howard already asleep inside, being the early-to-bed, early-to-rise type. I brought my wine to my lips and paused mid-sip. There, a half-mile away, on the far side of the lake, a figure was strolling the shore. It was dark, but the starlight, I was sure it was a person. I leaned forward and frowned. There was two other homes on the lake, but the shoreline was largely undeveloped, and the woods that lined the lake were impetrable with thick pine and aspen. Was this him, the harmless, wandering man? I changed my sip to a swig and considered Ralph had said he'd last seen him years ago, and I thought it would strange he should make an appearance so soon. Then again, maybe this man only wandered at night, and Ralph and Marie were old. It was likely they couldn't see very far in the dark, and how often did they sit outside at this hour? I'd been having bonfires nearly nightly. It was one of the big reasons I'd moved out to the real rural woods. You see, when I was camping as a girl, I developed a kind of addiction. An addiction to that sensation brought by the stars and the silence and the lonely vacuum of visible space. Maybe you've felt it too, sitting alone at night, far from civilization, underneath the stars as thick as smoke. We'd faced with our neos- nauseating. nauseating sense of our in- insignificance. It's at night with the universe in sight and for scale that we could see we're barely bigger than bacteria, with lives just as brief as the legacies just as remembered. I couldn't get enough of it, of oneness, of the vulnerability that comes under the vault. Only stepping inside would break the trance. Then, when I woke in the morning, I'd wondered how I ever felt so small, smiling in the sunshine, assured and confident in the immortality of myself. But I had a different sensation that night, the feeling of 
an animal being watched. The feeling of prey. Something was wrong with how he walked, but it took me a minute to realize what it was. His steps never paused or wavered. The lakeshore was not a smooth apron of rock. It was thrown with big branches of driftwood and boulders of basalt. If you were to walk it, you'd go slow as you considered your every step. I shivered then. In another few minutes, he was difficult to see, and he turned into the wood line and disappeared into the pines entirely. You're safe here. I remember Ralph saying. Just don't speak to him. I was not afraid of the dark, and I wasn't going to let myself be spooked away from doing what I loved on my own property. I kept having bonfires at night Well, I was dementored to not let this man ruin my rule evenings. I admit, I rarely took my eyes from the opposite shore. It was a few weeks later, and the beginnings to get cold enough to snow, when thoroughly began to question the safety of my woods we lived. I'd finished splitting a quarter cord by hand and was bent, breathing while palming my knees. When I noticed it, we had an ancient birch tree just past the woodshed, and its removal was on the to-do list as it sat dying with its bark peeling off in scrolls. But sticking out just beneath a bit of bark, something caught my eye. I squinted and walked over. With a finger, I pushed the bark back. There was a carving. I frowned. A carving of me. Of my face. It was a crude carving, as if done with a fingernail, but I still smiled when I saw it. My birthday was coming up, and I figured Howard had to have been behind it. He was good at drawing, but I had never heard of him carving anything. The alarm bells weren't ringing then. I went inside to find him wrapped my arms around his shoulders as he sat at his computer. I'm very sorry, I found your surprise, I said, but you're very sweet. I kissed his cheek and he smiled. What are you talking about? I found your carving out there on the tree while chopping wood. He frowned and I didn't need to hear what he would say next. I never carved anything. Where? My blood ran cold and I took my arms away from his shoulders. On the dead birch, he started to stand. What's it a carving of? The two of us stood in the cold and stared at the tree. This is a joke, right? He pointed and looked at me and laughed. Did you do this? No, Howard, I didn't fucking carve it. I mean, it's not very flattering, no offense. Why, is this something to joke about to you? Ah. He said and clicked his tongue. You think this must be the wandering man? The one in the woods that cocky old couple warned us about. Howard! No, no, it's okay. I'll handle it. I think I'll give old Ralph a call. He started to walk away. Howard! What? I know you're not going to take me seriously, but I've seen someone on the lakeshore late at night. You're right. I'm not going to take you seriously. So tell me that shit in the first place. Or I know- Why tell me? <laughs> I know what those people said sounded strange, but my gut is telling me they... <laughs> Sorry. But my gut's telling me they weren't lying to us. Guess what? I don't think they were lying either. 
but they believed crap like that and then tried to scare us the second we finally found a home. They're rude people, Jody. Or at least not right in the head. And now this? He pointed at the tree. What? Did they pull a picture of you off the internet and carve this here? I don't think so. Well, who did then? Things weren't the same after that, both between me and Howard and how I felt about the property. Howard is a sweet man, but I could tell my belief in the supernatural bothered him. Deep down, it probably scared him. He was rarely impotent and conceding to me, and I was frustrated, too. We couldn't afford to just try and sell this place and leave. This was our home, and I didn't want to be afraid here, either. That same Sunday, I was watching television late after Howard had gone to bed. It was a perfect night for another fire, clear and cool. But for the first time since we moved, I couldn't bring myself to sit outside alone. In fact, I'd locked the doors for the first time. And while Howard had noticed, I could tell he was relieved I'd done so and said nothing. I was developing the beginnings of a paranoid habits. Every hour or so, I'd look out the windows. Not just the front ones, either. I'd go to the kitchen, then the den, the pantry, just to stare into the night. On my last round of looking out the windows that night, I turned from the diamond panes of the front door to head up to the bed, but paused. If I'd seen something, I turned back slowly. Just beyond the black, where the security light on our garage faded, a man was standing on the edge of the dark. I gasped. <gasps> My first instinct was to open the door and yell, but then I remembered Ralph's warning. I threw myself up to the stairs and went into the bedroom and shook Howard's foot to wake him. Howard! Mm -hmm. I think there's someone outside. Please, please, just come. He sighed and rolled so his feet were on the floor. Okay, for you. I stood on the stairs where he... Lean to look out the window glass in the door. I don't see anything. He turned back to me. Just at the edge of the light, I stepped past him and put my eyes onto the glass, but there was nothing there. My shoulders sank. He was right there, I said, quietly defeated. Jody, I'm sorry I was snappy before, but this is what I'm so frustrated about. Those people put a creepy idea in your head, and now you're seeing what you want to see. I saw someone! I'll order a ring doorbell tomorrow. You can put up a whole set of security cameras if you want. This is our home. We need to feel safe here. I'll do whatever it takes for you to feel that way. He tried to lay a hand on my shoulder, but I flinched away and started staring out the window while he went back upstairs to the bed. I did order security cameras. Enough for a cartel compound. Camera on the barn, camera on the garage, infrared to point across the lake. I was going to feel safe here. Howard was right about that. It was our home. I had to. It cost an entire paycheck, but was worth the peace of mind. However, it brought the opposite. I set up multiple monitors, moved in the coffee maker, and turned my little office into a war room. <laughs> the first few nights, there was nothing. Then the fourth night at two in the morning, I saw something walking the perimeter of the property. I perked up, splashing my coffee in its cup. Yes, I whispered. Yes, yes, yes. I was more elated than scared. I finally had this thing, or so I thought. When I played back the footage, 
I cursed. The figure was just out of range of the cameras, and I should have shelled out more and bought only infrared. The lights on the garage and barn weren't going to be bright enough. I still didn't share anything with Howard. Well, I could make out what I thought was a face and a shoulder of a man walking. I knew it wouldn't be enough to convince him. Howard didn't want to believe. The footage would have to be perfect. When I got the cameras, I forsook sleep and let my marketing work slip. I had to capture an image of this thing. I had nearly become nocturnal, and my sleep-deprived began to scare me just as much as whatever was in those woods. I left the oven on and open, forgot my husband was home, ran the coffee maker without a pot in it. I was a mess, and I had to hit the brakes. Instead of staying up and watching live, I decided to fast-forward the footage when I had time the next day. That night, I planned to resume my regular sleep schedule. It was around 11 p.m. when I went upstairs, and I jumped when I opened the door. Howard was mummied in the sheets. The entire long length of him was draped skin-tight from head to toe. I raced over to him, but heard the steadily breathing and relaxed. I thought that thing had killed him. I was losing it. I realized I was really losing it. I took two Benadryl and slipped into bed. Miraculously, I slept and later woke in a fright to the bedroom door closing. But it was 4 a.m. and I realized Howard was already up to go for a run. I tossed and turned but couldn't fall back asleep. The cameras called to me like a siren song. I threw the sheets off of me and went downstairs. The house was empty. Howard's running sneakers weren't on the shoe shelf and I knew I had ample amount of time to check the footage without looking like a lunatic. I sat in my chair, but before I could rewind the footage, I froze. On the live screen, the man was staring at the front of the house, as still as a street performer and more in view than he had ever been. His clothes were thick and woolen, but his face was hidden from view. Fuck! I said out loud, suddenly realizing he was outside with that thing. Howard? Luckily, he brought his phone to listen to music, and he ran, and I dialed him immediately. He answered on one of the later rings. Jody, what's going on? Howard, I excelled. Thank Christ, that's the last thing that man is staring at the house right now. What? Are you safe? Jody, it's four in the morning. There's no one outside. Go back to bed. I'm telling you, I have him on camera this time. Come back. Or, no, wait. Until it's lights out. Don't come back until daylight. He paused. I think you need to go stay with your parents. I'm safe. I'm inside. Just get back here safely when you can. Jody. His voice was cautious now, as if I were something fragile that could be broken. I'm out of town on a project outside of Dallas right now. Remember? Until Friday? I froze in terror as I stared at that thing on the screen. Then who was in our bed tonight? What? I let the phone fall away from my lap. Howard was yelling loud enough for me to still hear him yelling about getting out of the house, but I couldn't speak anymore. It hadn't been Howard. It was the shape of that thing that I had seen under the sheets before bed. I pictured it stared at me as I slept. I hung up and walked in a trance to the door. It was unlocked. 
I had sworn I'd locked it. I clenched my teeth in anger and threw it open. I stared at the man. Instead of just looking at the house, he was now staring back at me. What do you want with me? I shrieked horribly. Leave me alone, you fucking creep. You hear me? Leave me alone. His head had began to tilt to one shoulder, tilting too far. Oh, God, I whispered. Oh, God, I'd spoken to this thing. I'd broken the only rule. I slammed the door and leaned my back against it. Suddenly, there was a horrible howling. <laughs> that morphed into sobs. <laughs> the, the sobs of a grown man crying in the night. But there was something wrong with the noise. It was as if he was only mimicking emotion. Like... It didn't know what cries were supposed to sound like. Ralph had given me his number, and I fumbled my phone trying to find his contact. As I rang, I managed to turn towards the sound. The crying continued, but the thing was walking calmly towards the house. Its features were wrong. Its legs too long. Its hands too big. Suddenly, I saw its eyes. The size of tea saucers. It's mild, monstrously wild. But the sobs continue. <laughs> Hello? Came a confused voice from the other line. Hello? It's... It's Jody. Jody Cope. I bought your property? It's a bit early, Jody. The thing. The man walking in the woods. He had drawn a picture of me. He came into my house. He's been watching me. And now I talk to him. Oh, dear. I heard him screech. Okay, are your doors locked? Uh-huh. You said it drew a picture? It carved my fucking face into a tree. Okay. He sighed. I'm sorry, I, I don't know what to tell you. It ignored me and Marie. But you spoke to it. Wh what happened? What's it want? When I asked who it was, it showed me what it really looked like, and I suppose a man isn't quite the word for it. But what's it want? I screamed and braved another look out the window. It was even closer now, just a few feet from the door. I ran into the living room. I don't know, said Ralph. I really don't. I'm sorry to say this, but... He paused, and my heart leapt as the... Three soft knocks sounded on the door. It sounds like he likes you. Finn. Well, then. Fuck that. That would be fucking terrifying. The fact that she, like, slept in the same bed as it is fucking terrifying. But I, I'm a little disappointed in the ending. I'm not gonna lie to you. I wanted to kill her. I want to know what happens after. I want to know, does it... It sounds like it transforms. It transmutes into a fucking werewolf. Ooh. Not really. That'd be fucking crazy, though. I didn't say it was 100 years old. It's a Wendigo. A fleshwalker. A skin suit. It's just a skin suit of a man. I don't know. I think this bumps. I'm, I'm going to give it a seal of I'm going to give it a bump. I'm going to give it a bump. I could totally be... I could totally see a second part to this story i could actually see it getting a second parter where it's like what happens after you've talked to it because we don't really know what it does other than the fact no. that it really likes her 
Yeah, because Ralph and Marie didn't know. Does it, like, take her into its What being? if it's actually Marie? Uh, <laughs> that would be fucking wild. Or well, it's been Howard this whole time. It's actually not a fucking crazy demon. It's a person that's it's fucking her husband. crazy. That'd be even more crazy. It, that was quite the twist, though, when, she, when he was like, I'm in Dallas. I haven't even <laughs> I didn't been expect home. That. Yeah, I wasn't I didn't expecting expect that. He's like, that. I've, I'm haven't been home since Friday or whatever. Like, bro, I'm in Texas. Like, like, I ain't anywhere near New England right now. Yeah, I'm fully <laughs> across the United <laughs> States of America. <laughs> and I've been across. Did, so did like did the thing it, take his running shoes? Right. <laughs> I was just about to say that did it take his shoes? He said I'm gonna fuck with her. <laughs> Let's take her shoes. Let's take her shoes. Oh, I don't know. Because it must have known his routine. Oh, dude, it's been watching them. Of course it knows what they do. It must have been waiting, like, patiently to do For her that. to be alone. Yeah, it must have for been. For an extended period of time. He broke her psyche down, like yep. any any good tactician would do. And then when her mind was at Is complete, it, like, broken state, he was like, I'm pulling the trigger. Is it something maybe potentially paranormal, or do you think it's a serial killer? From her rendition of what he looked like, I want to say paranormal. But I also wouldn't put it past some really fucked up person to be able to do something like that. Some, like, disfigured human? Or he just made himself look disfigured. True. Like, it's not hard to do prosthetic masks and things like that where you can really, really make it look real. Like, look at look at how Hollywood does it. Like, those masks or, like, the face-off challenge, that show... You could almost be like, this is real stuff I'm looking at. True. So, True. I mean, it's very possible it was a I mean, if he's had a hundred years to master his craft of stalking... Then I, it would be paranormal. I, then it would be paranormal because no human's going to live a hundred years doing the unless same thing. it's a family that is... It's a family tradition. They've <laughs> <laughs> passed it down over a hundred years. Uh, that would make sense, too. I mean, either way, I think it'd be... To me, it'd be more fucking creepy if it was a person. I think it's more creepy if it's paranormal. Uh, I guess. I mean, because either way, we don't it's really fucking know terrifying. What it is. At, at this point, it's just a legend. That's true. I just, I don't know. Because I, I, like, I would think that if you want to base this in more reality type shit, if it was a person person doing this, and they had been doing this for many years, where, like, the family has been homing, honing their craft, like, terrifying it's like the hills have eyes times a million yeah like this family has just been practicing stalking and scaring people you've for seen years. the movie the strangers right well uh i haven't oh you need to watch it. it's good it's older now but it's like a, a family of people that go and like stalk like i, w I would call it a gang stalking because they stalk their house over a couple of nights and like they wear masks and then finally they break in and they like really try to fucking kill them and it's it's terrifying. What do you think this wandering man's end game is? Is it to kill her or just scare her? Because obviously he was in, he's getting closer oh, at the man. end of the story here. But well, like, he likes what's his her. end game? He likes her, so I don't think he wants to kill her. Abducts if anything, her? he wants. To, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's more of like an abduction thing. But what's he gonna do with her? Make Whatever. babies. Make. <laughs> I don't know. That's how they. That's how they carry on their tradition. They make babies with the people they like. He said Marie's too old and for not fertile enough. That's, maybe that's why he didn't go after them, because they were an old couple. And he was like, we have no use for them. That's true. 
That's uh, very if we're thinking possible. like on this realm of like the object is to abduct it's a someone, family tradition, <laughs> and then have their spawn. Because like maybe like it could be like the Jersey Devil. You know how like the yeah. Jersey Devil was created. Like they used a, a mortal to create the Jersey Devil, and then it came out of the girl as a, yeah, yeah. a demon, and then yeah. it's a spawn of Satan. so like they needed a mortal to carry on the. Oh fucking a! That's interesting. Because it either lives forever, or it needs some kind of genetic thing, and then they can teach. Maybe they come out all disfigured, and they're like big old f- freaking mouse. It could be really long legs, and they just are weird. It, I mean, it's they very, carve very things possible. with their fingernails. It's almost like it's inbred, but it's not inbred. It's actually just a different kind of being. Yeah, that's fun. It's just some type of creature. It's a troll. Why did it kind of sounds like a troll? How did it get in in the first place if she locked the door? And then why is it knocking? Can it just like, I don't know how it would do it. Like if she had it locked and all locked up tight and it somehow got into her house. Why would he knock? Why? Yeah. Why wouldn't he just like full fledged like you're mine now? Fucking sink through the. They did a good job leaving you on a cliffhanger on this story. The cliffhanger. Ten out of ten on the whole like I need more now because it makes me want to know more. Ten out of ten on that. But I'm I'm stuck here going, well, if you don't ever end the story how I want it to end, then how am I going to know? A lot of the people on this No Sleep do this to us. They, they write a great you. story, and then they just leave you. They blue ball you. They get you to the point of climax, and then they stop. Like, I feel like they could have went just a little bit further with this. It still bumps. I'll give it to Finish that. Him. It's a good story. Yeah, like, it's it a really very good story. Is. I just... For me, I need just a little bit more. I need to know what happens when he gets into the home. Uh, but I guess that's there for us to... They could have ended it on, like, he's dragging her out the front door. That would have been a, a really good way to leave it off if me were writing the story. But I'm not writing the story. I'm Yeah, I'm going with he goes in, he abducts her. Howard comes home, is already freaking out because he hasn't heard eye. from... Yeah, hasn't heard from his wife in, like, a, a week. A day or two, yeah. And he's like, I'm flying home today. He gets home. The door's door just is open. wide open. There's fingernail scratch marks in the in front his door. face. In his face is Carved scratched into the, into door. the door. Yeah. Oh, that would be fucked. And then he goes down the rabbit hole of checking all the cameras. Yeah. And then now he he's goes. Like, I'm out for vengeance. He goes lunaticy. And then he's calling Ralph, and Ralph's like, "Dude, it got your wife. Don't speak to it." And then he like he's like looking at Full the cameras Rambo. one day, and then they like sees. It just on the just how she did like exactly like just on the edge of the lake or something. Yeah, on the edge of the camera vision. And he like goes crazy and goes hunts for this thing. That'd be interesting. That would be fucking. He cool. hunts it down, but really, it's already converted her into a monster. And now there's two of them. Now there's two of them. Two and she's walkers. with him, hunting Howard. Oh fuck! They and corner she likes him. him, so she's like. They corner him. And then they eat him, because I like cannibal shit. I like cannibal shit. I like eating human flesh. <laughs> He's, he could be the extra wide mouth man. Maybe he just likes ripping human limbs off and eating them like a chicken wing. That's fucking crazy. It's just mutton to him, and he says... Yeah, don't even cook it. Oh, Eats it raw. That sounds fucked. I, I still don't understand how people can be cannibals. Like, that sounds so fucked. Like, just, I don't I don't think eating raw meat sounds good in any retrospective thought. Like, not at all. Like, if it's for my survival, like, yeah, I'll probably do it because you need to eat. But, like, fuck that. I'm cooking it over a fire. Like, fuck that. 
I'm smoking it. I'm gonna eat good, not eat gross. Smoked human? Mm. Maybe that's what he does with it. You think it tastes like tastes turkey? He smokes humans. I really wonder what it tastes like. Salty turkey? Why do you... But why was he... He would show himself to Ralph and Marie, but why wasn't he... Would he show to Howard? Because Howard didn't believe. Maybe if you believe in it, that's how you see him. Maybe. I don't know. Because if, if you don't tell the people that are buying the house, then you don't Well, she know. did spend a lot of... Jody did spend a lot of time outside by herself. Yeah, that's true. And Howard. Howard's kind of more of here, there, here, here there. there. You know what and... I mean? Because he had a traveling job, so he wasn't even around much for it to present himself. Yeah, he was catching connection flights out of Boston. Yeah, when you know, she Boston. was constantly in the yard, giving it opportunities to show itself. Yeah. I do want to say, who the fuck wakes up at four a.m. to go running? crazy people that's fucking insane and if one of if you're one of those 4 a.m i'm runners, sorry but that's insane i think you're insane that's so early to go run like that's the middle of the night time how do you just wake up and be ready to run <laughs> i wake up and i go to work and i'm like i I'm need ready to throw up when i wake up in a poop before i'm ready to do anything bro i can't even wake up i've been getting up at 6 a.m to get ready for work to get a ride because my car broke down and i'm like Dude, just kill me. I'm going to lay here with my eyes closed in this passenger seat. Just kill me. <laughs> I don't want to be alive. The only time I can ever wake up early is if I'm going hunting or sometimes it's fishing. It's fun, which I guess if you're one of the running type, it's fun. But, dude, my knees hurt thinking about running. That would only be like four hours of sleep for me every day. Yeah. What time the fuck does he go to bed then? 5 p.m.? How does he have time to do anything? That's what I'm saying. How, How do you, you wake up at 4 a.m. and still have time to do anything? Like, I realize you're starting your day before most people, but, like, nothing's really open. You can't go to the bank. On. You can't go to the bank. You can barely even go to the grocery store these days anymore. I want to know how long he runs for now. Does he run for six hours? Or does he go for an hour where it's like, wake up at fucking seven and do that? <laughs> like, bro. It's like, ghosts are still out at 4 a.m. <laughs> it's just an hour past witching like just an hour that 4 a.m period of the day is scary i'm not I, gonna lie between three and four it's just a weird time to be awake because the animals aren't even really awake yet birds are maybe here and there starting maybe. to chatter but like 4 a.m is just a really i've spent a lot of summer nights out of my boat super yeah. late in early Early late, twilight. Late dusk. early, what do you want to call it? I don't know. Between dusk and twilight. It's it's late if you've been staying up, it's early if you're waking up. That's very <laughs> I know there's been many a video game night where four AM will roll around and I look in the clock and I'm just like, Why the fuck did I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, well, I might as well just stay up, it's already four. Yeah, like, like I might as well just pull an all nighter, call it good. <laughs> like, what's the point of going to bed now? There's not. There's no good point of going to bed now. You'll get maybe two hours of sleep before it's like, hey, lights in your face. You ready to wake up? Yeah. The sun isn't even up at 4 a.m. No, it's not. That's why it's that's crazy. That seems like a really dangerous time to go for a run. That's. I feel like that's when all the criminals decide to do all their bad shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, <laughs> when are you gonna go hide the body? People 4 are leaving. Yeah, people are leaving the bars at two. They're probably still out at four if they're in. When not am I gonna Michigan? go abduct a girl off the road? 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of like 
it's just a weird shit. yeah it's just kind of a weird time to even be up or do anything Maybe unless you're a third howard shifter i guess but it was howard the whole time he's that fucking crazy type that wakes up at 4 a.m so he's just outside doesn't doesn't believe yeah it's all it's all a ploy to make us believe howard i think it. we cracked the story howard is, howard is the, man. the man he's the, the one woods. He runs at 4 a.m. Wandering he, he man. Made Ralph and Marie sell their house because they were freaked out because he was staring at them through the front door. <laughs> Got a better deal on it because he was scaring <laughs> That's them. That's very true. They could have made a killing. It's on the lake. <laughs> they could have made a killing. But no, they wanted to get rid of it. Oh, man. We're blowing this case wide open, boys and girls. I know. Sign us up as detectives, folks. Sign me up. Although... There's better money in homicide. Remember that story? That was a crazy story. I don't know if I want to be a detective for that exact reason. Probably a lot of corruption. Yes. Or it's like, yo, I get better money for homicide, so guess what? Let's go kill a bunch of people. <laughs> Let's investigate these homicides. And then not solve them because we Cause, killed them. Because we live in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to any Detroit listeners. It's just, you know, you're... you're your per crime capita isn't very great being solved. Same with Muskegon. <laughs> Same with where we live. We isn't may, that great? We may be a smaller town, but our death rate is way it's very high. People love to shoot each other here. Alright, let's so, not knock Muskegon too hard, but... Muskegon's a beautiful town, folks. It really is. It's, it's very really nice. pretty. We just have some crime. It actually hasn't been that bad this year. No, not as nearly as bad as Chicago. Chicago's the worst. Chirac. Chirac. Shoot first. Ask don't talk to never. police. <laughs> yeah, don't talk. Fuck the cops. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, this story has been enlightening, to say the least. <laughs> really brings a whole new perspective on people standing outside your house staring at you at four in the morning. If I'm told about... If I buy a house and they say, Hey, if you see a weird man... Don't speak to him. Don't even acknowledge him. I ain't fucking acknowledging it. No, I ain't fucking doing I'm nothing. I'm one about ear, it. in one ear, out the other. Never even heard about the man. I'm talking. If I'm I see him, I go, blindfold. "That's a cool deer." I put on a fucking night blindfold thing. You sleep in, and you're like, "I don't care what's going on." Wake up on with out a there. strange man in your bed. I cuddle. That was creepy because I didn't him. even. I sleep like until that they, does. you know, said that Howard was on that trip. That freaked me out a little. bit. I didn't even think of the thing being inside the house. Like, Bro, that's how I sleep, though. I bury myself completely. So you're, it's like you're a barrier. You're a mummy fighter. I'm like two blankets under and four blank or I me mean, four pillows over my head. Sleeper. I don't know why. I just always have been. And she felt him get up and get out of the bed. And then heard it, the door shut at four in the morning after taking two Benadryl. <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy. So it means it was like it was a real entity. It was a physical manifestation of something. Yeah. It's fucked up. That's fucked. Well, I think we hit this. I think we banged the nail enough. Bop, bop, bop. Banged it enough. We figured out it bumps. We hit 10,000 downloads. What a day. What a day. It's hot in here, too. And don't speak to the wandering man. Don't you dare speak to the wandering man. If you do, tell him hello. That's it. Don't even do that, because we don't know what's going to happen to you. If he likes you, run. Run. At four in the morning. (laughs) What he might just take your shoes. That was the part that killed. He took his shoes. There are probably some real nice running Nikes, some Luna Oh, they were the, I was just gonna say, <laughs> yeah. Or they were fucking those real nice uh, Avilas. 
my god. That's awesome. But anyways, folks, you know where you can find us. You can find us on Spotify, Apple. Spotify, you can leave reviews now, so go give us a five star. Really? Can you, like, it's like it's comment star, review or star, star ratings. That so. will help with the algorithm to make us blow up a little bit bigger in the find you page or the for you pages. Yeah. That helps a ton. Maybe get us onto some playlists and stuff like that, too. We're better than the last podcast on the left, if you ask me. Yeah. It's that two was... of us, not three of us. So. Yeah. And look at the stories we tell. Fucking creepy. Fucking creepy. We don't even know how to answer them. Because they're fucking creepy. But yeah, can't thank you enough for helping us reach 10,000 downloads. Let's keep pushing. Let's try to get to 15,000 by the end of the year. 15, we'll do another 000. giveaway. We'll another do another giveaway, giveaway at 15,000. If we make it to 20,000, I told you I'll get you a house. <laughs> but that's a lot of housework right there. Because <laughs> I'm not buying get, you something small. We're, we're not getting you a house. Maybe we'll buy you a, something. A shed. Maybe <laughs> maybe we'll make another Divic box. If we reach 20000 like by the end of the year, we'll, we'll send out another Divic box. I didn't specify if I'd make them a house to live in. I could make them a little house that's like for dolls. There you go. Same thing. <laughs> we can make a Divic box inside of a house. That's small enough for the Divic box. <laughs> and for the doll to play with. Because there's ghosts in that doll house. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Enough of that bullshit. Enough of that bullshit. Congratulations, Melanie, on winning the t-shirt. Woo-woo! And remember, folks, to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes. Bump. Bump. In the night. Oh, yeah. You touch my tra-la-la. <laughs> my ding-ding-dong. Bye, guys.